Hi, I'm Ben Chu. And I'm Jen Bullock. And together we are Med Spa Secrets. Secrets. So today's episode, we are coming at you with a topic that some of the community is maybe split on, and that is consults and whether to do paid or unpaid or how do you handle consulting in your med spa. Jen, I mean, you do most of the consulting that we've worked together on overarching frameworks and ideas uh, about how we consult at Illum. Maybe you can take us away with some of the key components. <laughs> you bet. When I first started out in the industry, I really didn't understand the purpose of the consult. It was, you know, a patient would come in and they would tell me essentially what it was that they were coming for and I would try and sell them something that I thought was what they wanted. But I feel like as I've grown and as I think we've worked with some coaches and you've taught me a little bit about the relationship building that happens in selling and all of that. That's really shifted the way that I design and do a consult with a patient. A lot of people miss a lot of opportunities totally. in a consult. First and foremost, I feel like the whole role of having a consultation with a patient is to get to know one another. It's an opportunity to connect. They're bringing to you something that they see as a flaw or a piece of them that they want to improve or correct. And your job is to find out how it is that you can best serve them. Totally. I mean, really the consult, like initial first phone call or them like opting in like through a funnel or through an ad, obviously the real first, first point of contact is they talk to somebody on the staff, they talk to somebody yeah. in the front office, but the real like physical first contact with the practice as a whole is at that initial consult. Right. So it's kind of like there's that old saying of first impressions, you know, you only get to make them once, so you want them to be good. Yes. Uh, I totally know that's not like how the actual phrase goes, but that's kind yeah. of the gist of it. So like, I think that's why there can be a big missed opportunity there because if you don't make that good first impression, if you don't do that first consult right, then starting the relationship out on the right foot or the wrong foot. I right. mean, is that what you would say? I absolutely agree. One of the things that you mentioned though is the first contact between staff, like on the phone. The consultation does start with that first contact. And one of the things that you brought to the practice was the idea of scripting and, you know, really having a seamless process from very first contact right up until we sit down in a room with a patient. And that really has to do with, you know, making sure that they understand who we are. You told me about like the unique value proposition on who we are as a practice. I think actually Terry Ross brought some of that into our office as well. She did, yeah. Can you talk about a little bit of the, the scripting that we do with our staff? Yeah, so you know, I think first impressions being all important, you kind of need to make sure that everybody's on the same page, on the same line with what you're trying to communicate to that prospect who is going to become a consult. Mm -hmm. And that really means that everybody's on the same page in knowing what the practice is about, like edifying the different parts of the practice as a whole, the providers, the methodology, providing that sort of information and positioning and authority right. from the first point of contact all the way up to the consult and into the consult. And I think that kind of concept of being and authority also takes us into sort of the next thing I really want to talk about, which is really something that I believe the community is divided on, which is paid consult versus 
complementary consult. Right. And personally, I believe that the most successful practices do a paid consult. And right. that, that's what we do at Illum, and maybe I'm a little bit biased there, but every other med spa owner that I know that's above seven figures or that's even like the rare med spa that's in, you know, eight figures doing like 10 million a year or more, yeah. they all do paid consults. Right. And I think that really changes the dynamic and the relationship because if people don't pay for something, if they don't have any skin in the game at all, they're not invested, you know, right. and then they're just, their tire kicking, maybe they no-show consults, right. maybe they're not taking it as seriously when they show up because they haven't invested anything or there's no skin in the game. I think yeah. there's a whole lot of really good reasons to do a, a paid consult style of consult. I mean, I think that most of the reasons for doing a free or a complimentary consult are not very good reasons. I think they generally tend to be um, like internal self-talk that a provider yes. or a practice manager has about not feeling like they're the true authority, maybe feeling, uh, what's that called? Impo imposter, imposter syndrome. Yeah totally not feeling like they're worthy and all of those things come off in the consult as well even if they're not like verbally communicated they're they're subcommunicated exactly and then i think that that causes a lot lower close rate a lot lower like ticket buy-in and i think that there's a whole host of downsides to not doing a paid consult because originally before i came on you did a complimentary consult and then Absolutely. we made the switch to a paid consult so we've done it both ways in a loom and we've seen the results of doing it both ways right well for me I was really uncomfortable like with the idea of asking for the money you made a good point about feeling like I didn't have like enough experience or whatever and I think that there is a lot of people that just do a complimentary consult even in my town some of the surgeons do just an unpaid so it's like come and see what I have to offer and maybe if you like me you'll spend money <laughs> with me right and what I found though is that we had a lot of people that just didn't respect my time. You know, I would have three consults scheduled for a day and one would show up. And, you know, it got to the point where it, it I feel like when we started to implement the paid consults, we got a higher quality of patient. People showed up. It's a small consultation fee. It's $50. It's not that much money, but it by, by somebody giving that money to us or setting that aside on their credit card before they walked in the door, it really did change how they viewed the appointment, the importance of it in their time, and we saw our no-show rate go down exponentially, and the quality of the patient that came in was a lot higher. They came in prepared to do business, right? They came in prepared to spend money. So it really did shift things. And I, I personally, when I first transitioned to it, was really nervous about it. I thought nobody's going to come and see me. They're not going to want to give me their credit card over the phone because there's so much credit card fraud and all kinds of stuff. But what I realized is that when we did our job with our scripting and talking about who we are as a practice, we built a relationship in that first phone call that established the trust, that established the authority, and people very rarely actually have a problem paying that consult fee and giving us the card up front and really the ones that do aren't a good fit for our practice because they're probably the folks that wouldn't show up anyways. Totally. And you know, that's not to say that when you're doing the, the consult fee style of consult that there's not going to be 
like no pushback on the phone. Just because somebody has a little bit of apprehension to maybe paying a consult fee over the phone doesn't mean that suddenly they're not a good candidate. It just means that you need to talk to them a little bit more. And one thing that a lot of practices that do consult fees do is they apply the consult fee to any treatment that the patient decides to right. move forward with. So it's not like it's, you know, just $50 out the door or 75 or 100 right. or whatever you charge, and that's just for your time and advice. If they do decide to move forward with a treatment plan, then that does actually get applied to the total. And that's something that when you explain to people over the phone, um, it almost instantly overcomes most apprehension that they have to paying a consult fee. Right. Conversely, there are some practices where the consult fee is actually the fee for the consult and right. it doesn't apply to other things. And I do think that that is also a good strategy as well. But I think that when you do it that way, you have to really dive in more forcefully on the positioning and authority time to where you're really communicating that like, this provider here, they are the expert, they are the shit, their time is worth way more than, you know, $50 for right. a 45-minute consult. You are getting a steal to get that time with them, and then, you know, basically, like, it doesn't matter if it's applied right. to any, like, going on treatment or anything after the fact, but that definitely requires more work on the front end of, you know, telling the story of the authority, really providing the positioning, really edifying and building up the personality of the provider. And it tends to work well, I feel, more with people that are already on the like celebrity injector yeah. side of things and have huge followings and stuff like that because people are like, oh yeah, totally, this person's time is worth way more than you know a consult fee and I'm lucky to even be able to be talking to them. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely true. One of the things I think, you know, also is just if you are going to be taking a fee and it doesn't apply to something, really providing value to the patient while they're there, you know, and that can be, you know, providing a, you know, written treatment plan or sending them home with something physically that they can take with them. Some practices have a Vizia scanner and that gives uh -huh. a patient a look at what's going on with their skin. It gives them a printout and you can use that to make recommendations. So even if they don't move forward they feel like they had something of value whether it's a relationship exchange or an, an actual treatment plan that they can go and follow and take and use yeah that's a, that's a really good point too I do think that um, a lot of practices miss the opportunity to do something like a Vizia scan or something and there's more than Vizia out there I think there's a number of different machines that essentially provide a an aesthetic would you say it's maybe like an aesthetic like skin health diagnostic sure really so yeah. now all of a sudden in the consult you've added a, a diagnostic process as right. well which shows a a whole lot more value being provided because normally when you go to any other medical provider and you get any other diagnostic, you know, whether that's blood work or an MRI or God knows what, like you're paying out the nose for it. You're paying a lot more than a consult right. fee. Right. But, you know, kind of 
long story short, whether you're doing a, a consult, fee consult, or a complementary consult, whether you're doing, you know, diagnostics and treatment plans and all of that, really what you're talking about is like, it's an opportunity to see if you and that, that prospect who is now becoming a patient or potentially becoming a patient, if they're a good fit for you and if the practice and your style of doing things is a good fit for them. Because right. even if somebody has paid a consult fee and is already kind of bought in on your authority and positioning as an aesthetic expert in your local market, they might still not be a good fit for your practice or your practice might not still be a good fit for you know them exactly. and maybe you can speak yes. a little bit on that because you don't necessarily treat everyone you consult either i don't and i think you know when i first started i was you know so desperate to treat any patient that walked in the door i felt like i needed to be everything to everyone and a lot of times you know, I would go against what my gut was saying, or I would, you know, provide a one-off treatment for a patient because that's what they came in asking for. And it, first of all, created a lot of problems for me and the patient, and it didn't do anything to establish myself as the authority. So I think being willing to turn away a patient that you know, just, you know, the little, the little hairs on the back of your neck go up and you're just like, something's not quite right. It's the person that comes in complaining about every other previous treatment they've had or somebody who has real unrealistic expectations about what they want and it's budget-based or you know they'll tell you that they've had you know 12 units of Botox to treat their whole face before and I just don't think I can do it you know if you if you go against what you know you should be doing just for the dollar I think a lot of times that ends up to come back and bite you and so being willing to get to know the patient and be like is this a good fit for me can I do and provide a service that they're hoping for and expecting for within their budget and one of the things that I do is I use an aesthetic interest questionnaire yeah okay so when I first started, I was like, oh, how do I even go about having this conversation with people? How do I even go about, you know, taking them along a journey? How do I figure out how to do a treatment plan? And one of the first tools that we brought in that we got through another provider, we did oh, some was, coaching. Um Terry. Yeah, Terry, Terry Ross. Terry Ross. She introduced us to a tool called the Aesthetic Interest Questionnaire. And what it is, and there's other, you know, tools out there similar. I've seen yeah, um, Allergan has one, right? Right. So there's like a picture of a face and you know, there's like wrinkles or whatever, but our interest questionnaire has it's focused on like problems and outcomes and things that people want to work on. So whether it's, you know, dark sunspots or enlarged pores or wrinkles around the eyes, it gives them an opportunity to check off anything that they want to talk about. And me, as a provider, I put together a treatment plan that's based off of our foundation of how we approach or I approach anti-aging as a whole. And it's around building a treatment plan that is geared to, you know, address the issues that they are coming in with, but also give them kind of an overarching plan or a roadmap to follow. And the interest questionnaire makes it really easy for me to just go along and talk about the different points because almost everybody I know comes in has something that they want to you know work on with their skin whether it's dry skin or enlarged pores we all have very similar things that we bring to the table and it just guides my conversation and asking them about what they're doing currently you know what's working what's not what they like you know guiding you know we 
bring the mirror and we look at their skin and their face and we have a Vizia scanner so we can scan and we can talk about that. I mean, those sorts of things are all tools that we use, but ultimately what it does is it takes them along the conversation that I already know I want to have with them. And it helps me build out a treatment plan based on like my three core tenets, which I, you know, I call my Loom method. But essentially what it is, is just building out a treatment plan that addresses, you know, clinical grade skincare and what they need for their specific skin type. It looks at, you know, injectables like Botox or fillers or Sculptra even PRP because we live in an area where we have a lot of natural people that are anti-injectables so having something that I can plug in that's going to serve that purpose and that person and then also looking at energy based devices or you know like peels or you know microneedling or whatever we do a lot with I have like five or six different lasers and we go over you know essentially just the key pieces that I would take a patient along and I build it out for them and of course not everybody is ready to do everything right off the bat I mean we all have budgets and things like that that we want or priorities that are you know first things first and so what I do is I build out essentially this pathway that they can follow over the course of our relationship and it gives them they go home with an actual you know treatment plan this is what's number one and maybe number one includes what you know their main priority is maybe they came in because they wanted Botox you know and then uh -huh. you know it just takes them along this path and it really just makes our relationship they know what to expect because I've told them this is what I would suggest for you this is the plan that we would take if you want to get to you know your best possible outcome and who doesn't want that you know who doesn't want to know how to get to their best possible outcome and then it allows them to take the steps as they're ready and some people are ready before others but that's yeah. really kind of how we build that out and I think that, you know, with a tool like the Aesthetic Interest Questionnaire and then building out a treatment plan based on that, you end up with a situation that's like night and day different from what could have happened. Because what could have happened is somebody could have called into your office, they could have scheduled a consultation with you, paid or not, you know, whatever for the case of this, you know, example, doesn't matter there. But then they come in and, you know, they came in because they wanted Botox. And you could have very easily just been like, oh, you want Botox? Cool, medically, you know, you're a great candidate for Botox. Stick, stick, there you go, you've got Botox, now you're out the door. And maybe, you know, that patient ended up being worth like a few hundred dollars to your practice and maybe they come back at some time in the future, maybe they don't. It was just this like one-off treatment. Conversely, like you could have done that or you could look at this whole long list of everything that they're interested in, right? Because they're gonna write down more than just, I want Botox. Because right. if they want Botox, they <laughs> want it for a reason. Yes. It's not because they want Botox. It's because they're experiencing the signs and symptoms of aging. Botox is one thing they know that they can do about it, so then they come in for Botox. Yes. But if you have this consulting process, you've got this questionnaire, you find out all of the other things that are actually problems for them that they tried to sum up in just one word as I want Botox, and then you can build out this whole treatment plan that's going to a, reinforce for them what an expert you are yes. and how thorough you are and how much you can do. B, it's going to get them in for other treatments that are not just Botox, making them worth, you know, essentially 
an unlimited amount of dollars instead of a couple hundred dollars to your practice because you can have a relationship that can go on for two, three, five, ten years even. Right. And now you've turned something that could have just been like a one and done few hundred dollar thing into a multi-thousand dollar lifelong relationship and, you know, both of those are a consult, but you can get wildly different yes. results from yes. how you execute that consult. Right, which for me, relationship is probably one of the key pieces to why I went into healthcare, why I went into nursing, and it's super important to me. So once I was able to kind of dial that in and understand how that will help build our relationship from the very first moment that we connect in a consultation right through the life cycle of you know the patient relationship i mean it really does feel like i'm doing something of value that i'm providing something of value and i feel good about what i'm doing and the relationship that we're building so it's been a, a really beautiful process for us yeah so that's that's consults. That's kind of how we consult. Some kind of just overarching ideas around consults, you know, paid, unpaid, treatment plan, no treatment plan. I mean, there's all sorts of different ways to do it. We've presented you with the ways that we think are best because they're the way we do it. If you got some value out of that, you know, please hit that thumbs up button, like, subscribe if you want to follow us for more, and hopefully we'll see you on the next MedSpa Secrets. Bye, guys.